Yo, welcome back to the Return to Play podcast. I am your host, Stephen Navarro, TR, and with me as always, Danny PTD. To start off the show, we obviously need to talk about and discuss the DeMar Hamlin cardiac arrest event that happened on the Bengals' home field during Monday Night Football. Terrible, terrible thing. And we were discussing it before the show, organizing our thoughts, and we want to give you kind of the healthcare perspective of things. So to start, one, if he would have had this cardiac arrest event happen in his home or driving in a car, obviously, pretty much anywhere else besides 10 feet away from uh, athletic trainers, um, he would probably not have made it out of this situation because cardiac arrest is when your heart stops working suddenly, which means that the blood is just not pumping through the heart. It's not like a heart attack where the muscles of the heart constrict and don't allow the the valves to you know open up again this is just it stops working it's like a factory machine that just comes to a grinding halt so the only way to get it working again obviously is cpr and, and an aed and that needs to happen really within one minute if not sooner before you start having permanent uh, lifelong damage if you do even make it. I I don't know the exact number, but it's somewhere around a few minutes. You're you're most certainly going to die. Uh, so shout outs to the athletic trainers and medical staff on uh, the Cincinnati field there for both teams who who took care of business and that that is why. Athletic trainers are on the field, basically. That's pretty much the number one reason why you're hiring an athletic trainer because you can teach any schmuck to tape an ankle and keep the water bottles filled, all of that stuff. But the athletic trainer is doing all of those tasks, and then they are also diagnosing injuries and responding to emergencies first overall so uh, this is the time athletic train like i haven't really heard a peep from the athletic training community on the news you know whether that be uh, you know people keep talking to doctors on the news and really they should be talking to athletic trainers but i don't know why more athletic trainers aren't kind of trying to make themselves heard in the media this week cuz all eyes are pretty much on us on them and really (laughs) to be blunt uh this is when athletic trainers need to speak up and say hey we can't pay our bills like no one is continuing to pursue this profession out of my class of 15 people i think maybe five of them are still practicing athletic training full-time and yeah, it's the career, the career industry is a joke. It is not sustainable to be only an athletic trainer and, and have a 
you know, livable wage, a livable, a comfortable lifestyle. So I remember starting out and with no growth opportunity, and I still had to live with my mother for my first, you know, full time job. I still had to live at my mom's house because there would have been no way I could pay rent on top of all the other bills I had. So that that's everything I have to say about it. I do have a couple more uh, little little tidbits, but Danny, what what do you have? Just uh, to kind of circle back to what Steve had talked about in the beginning. Um, you know, it, it, it remains to be seen if he has some sort of pre-existing condition or heart ailment that contributed to this. But yeah, it's actually as grim, as gruesome as it sounds. It's, it's very, very fortunate that it happened when it did while he was surrounded by, um, you know, a full, full uh, arsenal of medical personnel on standby prepared for this situation, essentially. Because if it happened anywhere else, you know, where he wasn't immediately accessed for CPR, he would be in a much more critical situation, if not likely dead. So, yeah, as every minute that goes by, once you go into arrest, um, your your chances of survival drastically decrease and your risk of brain injury due to lack of lack of oxygen drastically increase. So um, the longer it takes, you know, the more the more screwed you are. But I've I've seen, you know, obviously it's difficult based on um, inconsistent info and reports and, you know, non-medical people kind of translating that info and not really getting the information right. Um, so I have heard, the most, most recently that I have heard is that he did initially have a pulse after collapsing. So whether... Um, whether he was in some kind of arrhythmia or obviously something cardiac related led to the collapse, but he lost the pulse while personnel were there, which is when the CPR was initiated. So, which is fantastic news for him. Obviously, regardless, they got to him quick enough and resuscitated him quick enough where, you know, he's not going to have that long-term brain damage. Reports are already coming out that he's neurologically intact, which is good news. I've seen reports that he was in in V-fib, which is basically, you know, your your body, as weird as it sounds, is like a giant battery almost. It runs on electricity, and that's where it's a it's a abnormal rhythm where your electric um, your the circuit of your heart gets jacked up for whatever reason, and and signals are kind of going haywire, and the the heart's not able to contract correctly. It's just quivering basically and unable to pump blood. And that's when the AED, that's one arrhythmia that the AED corrects, basically just sends a huge shock through your body that resets your system, turns your turns your Wi-Fi off and then back on, so to speak. Um, which, <laughs> so regardless, you know, it's other than being in the hospital on an NFL field or in a you know any athletic venue in in a, in a, in the modern world is is the second best place to to collapse or have one of these issues occur it's crazy i mean it is wild um you know the non soccer audience is largely ignorant to this but it just just a year and a half ago last june during the euros a, a star soccer player from denmark christian eriksen had a similar situation wasn't after contact but just in the middle of a game after running just collapsed dead on the field in cardiac arrest and the same situation was resuscitated. 
on the pitch, um, you know, transported to to the hospital where they basically found no, no nothing wrong, no no you know, no heart ailments, no pre-existing conditions, nothing that like led to it, just another freak thing. Uh, and I remember watching it live and just being, you know, just insane. It's like, you know, all the sports, all the everything I've watched in my life and never seen anything like this and thinking, you know, and thankfully, you know, never will again, or at least, you know, it's once in a lifetime, once in a generation kind of thing. And then fast forward a year and a half and here it happens again. So definitely a scary situation. Um, Erickson never had to be intubated. So uh, DeMar is in a little bit more serious of a situation, but all signs right now are, are pointing upward. You know, he's responsive. He's neurologically intact. They're taking him off sedation. Basically, they put they put him in a medically induced coma put him on a ventilator that's breathing for him, get his body fully stabilized before they kind of start to try to progress from there, wean him off the vent, wake him up, and, and kind of see, you know, where things are. So he's kind of in that stage where he's going to be waking up and, and getting back to normal. Um, and then, obviously, the the return-to-play protocol is, is up in the air. Uh, Erickson actually... I mean, definitely a scary, frightening, horrifying thing. And, you know, initially, I'm sure DeMar's not going to think about coming back to play football. And Erickson said the same thing, you know, in the immediate aftermath was, yeah, you know, I'm done. You know, how can I go back out there? And then eight months later, he was he was back playing in the English Premier League at the highest level. And uh, just this this past month, you know, representing his country at a at a World Cup. So fantastic you know recovery story and kind of demar if he wants to go that route i'm sure eventually will be able to resume his football career if that's the the path he so chooses so you know it, as scary as the situation was and even continues to be there is uh some positive outcome that that can come out of this and you know and you look you look at the uh the, all the reports of his charity we talked about before we started recording he's you know he's uh raised over seven million dollars at this point to charity which is fantastic a blessing out of a horrible situation yeah and i have a um, a meme here but it is uh, quite intriguing the Bengals stadium i forget i forget the name uh well i think they just renamed it for an ad but it used to be what Paul Brown Stadium. It's still, yeah, it's uh, it's stadium Paul Brown Field at Paycor Stadium, Paycor Field at Paul Brown Stadium, something stupid like that. It's uh, what? they were the la- the second to last stadium standing after Lambo. Lambo's the only one now that hasn't sold out to a sponsor. Well, uh, they they bought a cursed stadium, I think, because <laughs> th- this happened uh, earlier in the season. The nasty Tua injury happened. Uh, he lost, you know all motor function and then ryan shazier lost all of his motor function too on the field for his spinal injury and then also you have ab getting basically murdered um by vontez perfect who should have been at least kicked out of the league for for that hit yeah so curse stadium curse team the bungles they did make the super bowl last year but they didn't win it yeah i think the bungles are cursed Speaking of cursed, Ohio State blowing a nine-point lead with like five minutes left in the game, seven minutes left in the game, kicking kicking that field goal right at midnight to to miss it and miss their chance of knocking off the most dominant team in the country out of the playoff race. Yeah, so Ohio State's definitely cursed for 2023. I will be 
betting against them uh, all season. I'll bet they're under win total. Yeah, who's even going to be quarterback? Who cares? Uh, it's, it's Penn State's time now. Yeah, the uh, Clifford, the Voldemort era is finally officially over. I will say this about Sean Clifford. We'll end it on a positive note. Obviously, the ups and downs, it was a roller coaster of a six years. The inconsistencies and the occasional bonehead plays that made you very angry. The dude, for his lack of ceiling, I guess, you know, he never was going to be that elite guy. Dude gave his heart and his soul and his everything to the program. And although that, although it wasn't always the level you hoped he'd progress to, or, you know, the they were never able to achieve that, that next level, the dude... Uh, constantly gave it all and i i appreciate that and i will i will remember him for that thank you sean we can say we can officially say your name on the podcast yep your career in the xfl will be closely followed by us with your real name used yeah i i would give sean clifford's overall penn state rating a b i'd say a b B plus is is a fair grade for him uh, because we were in the mix pretty much every season uh, other than 2020, which was like a wash. He did he did a good enough job, but yeah, he could never he could never get us to that top level, the A level. Do you have a prediction for the national championship game? I net we nailed the uh, TCU plus seven and a half. And I hedged too much with Michigan money line. I obviously wish I didn't hedge as much as I did. That's all right. I made out good on the weekend. What do you, what say you? I have no idea what to expect. It's it's interesting. You know, I I didn't really think TCU had a chance. I still think Michigan's the much better team. I thought TCU could keep it close. Um, but this TCU team all over season really have been so tough to predict. But when you I mean when you look at the game. You know, obviously TCU impressed, and you want to think that they will be able to compete with Georgia. But when you look at the game, Michigan played about as bad of a game as they could. They obviously had some very questionable calls go their way. You know, they 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 have the the fumbles, the fumble at the goal line after the egregious overturned touchdown. They have the two pick sixes. You know, gave the defense that's been lights out all year, just giving up big play after big play after big play, which they've. It, it was it was just not very it was not nothing Michigan has shown all year you know everything was going against them and for them to still have a chance at the end and not be able to capitalize so I don't know how good TCU actually is it's weird you know like I said they they obviously beat a very impressive Michigan team but it was on Michigan's least impressive night by far uh so I don't know I'm I'm not I, actually, I probably will throw some kind of bet on this game. We'll figure out. I'll figure out some kind of prop to bet. But the spread's been about twelve and a half to thirteen and a half that I've seen, which is you know a big spread for a title game. I have no idea. I would. I would say probably my gut would say TCU to cover, but I don't. I don't know that they are gonna really compete. I think they might be a, more of a backdoor cover situation. But who knows? I hope they can surprise me. And, you know, obviously I want TCU to win. So we'll see. I'm excited. I will just be adding uh, Georgia money line into, uh, into parlays. Well, you what you can do is you can add like an adjusted line to any parlay you want on FanDuel. So if you wanted to take Georgia minus 
four and a half minus five, you probably get pretty decent odds for a parlay, like probably around minus 200, minus 300 ish. So I would, I would suggest doing something like that, or, you know, you do the double teaser. So you tease TCU up and you tease Georgia down, and then you might as well just tease the over up with it too. Uh, I will be doing the coin toss for this game, though. Uh, I think I'm going to go tails. I'm usually I'm I'm not always a tails guy, but yeah, tails just sounds right. It's it just when you said it, it just felt felt good. And I will say, uh, there's actually more money coming in on Georgia, yet the line moved. So peop, they kind of want you to think that TCU is the sharp play here. Like, oh, it came down a point. Like, people must have really hammered the 13 and a half, and that's not really the case. So kind of a weird game. That's a huge spread for a title game. I feel like Georgia does have a chance to win by, like, 24, but... Uh, that's uh, that, that's just what my suggestions are: is is bringing the line down and uh, or betting Georgia money line as a parlay. And shout out to Meme Queen for the uh, Bengals injury. Uh, yeah, Georgia minus Georgia minus four and a half is minus two ninety, or you could get them minus six and a half, minus two twenty five. I would say like either one of those that would be a good. I think that covers every all the topics we have so we can get right into our segments because we'll be breaking down the games with our picks at the end. So segments, we have draw of the week. I believe we both lost our draw of the week. Yeah, not even not even close. I don't even remember what mine was, but I know I missed it. I've been yeah. been miserable on my on my soccer beds. Uh shout out Lance who who picked correct score one nil for man city today uh pretty impressive there's like 10 to 1 so my draw of the week is in Serie A. it's a monday game a monday afternoon game while you're at work if you want to watch some Serie A, take the draw in bologna versus atalanta i think both teams can score so i'm gonna say a uh a 1-1 draw here plus 230 I have been ice cold, like I said. Uh, the sports books opened up in Ohio January first, so I've been uh, hammering some different um, six different sports books at the moment, getting all their promos and free bets and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, I do that. Just crushing it, absolutely crushing it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Been a beautiful week. Hockey, NBA. I haven't even watched NBA this year. Just crushing it, crushing hockey. I cannot hit a soccer bet to save my life. Um, so ice cold, getting away from the Premier League. I'm going to La Liga Sunday the eighth. Two heavyweights: Barcelona and Atletico Madrid. Uh, I, I like I like Atletico to get the get the draw at home, get the big point at home. Feels it just feels right. That's my that's my Spanish draw of the week. I like it. And Ronaldo is officially in Saudi Arabia um, and. We all, I just had to had to have a two minute rant about this MLS. Oh my goodness! So kind of similar to uh, to when you know David Beckham. I actually tweeted from my personal account, tweeted a retweeted a thread about kind of how smart his business decision was. He took a seventy percent pay cut 
when he came to MLS and in, in a shocking move, but it was filled with so much incentives. And now he's obviously the owner of a uh, Inter Miami FC and MLS franchise, which is you know valued over. So that that move itself was valued over five hundred million. So his scrutinized deal decision to take a pay cut to come here has obviously paid heavy dividends, similar to what. Um, uh, Messi was. It sounded like Messi was confirmed to be coming to Miami. Uh, then he ended up taking another year with with PSG. I'm assuming he'll come over eventually. Um, but we almost had Ronaldo. Obviously, no one's going to be able to match that. You know, he's going to make 1.4 billion dollars over the next seven years just to play in Saudi <laughs> Arabia for a couple of years. So, like, how could anybody on the planet turn down that that kind of money? But but reports were coming out after you know after the news broke. Somehow, I guess Kansas City, Sporting Kansas City, almost had him. He almost came to MLS, and he had expressed the desire in the past couple of years, saying that he wanted to finish in, in MLS. Um, so I'm sure it would have been something similar to David Beckham, you know, where where ultimately he would have huge incentives and and dividends down the down the line, possibly owning his own franchise or what have you. And so it sounds like he was actually on the brink of coming to Kansas City. They even used Patrick Mahomes in the marketing. Uh, basically, you know, you know, showing how you can have a, a superstar caliber player even in a smaller market city. So, struck out on Messi, struck out on Ronaldo, Suarez, Luis Suarez, also was was strongly linked to MLS. Um, you know, his his career winded down in Europe. He bounced back to his home of Uruguay and then just signed in Brazil. So, struck out on all three. Not too long ago, those were the best three players in the world the three most marketable players in the world and mls almost had all three if you got one that's amazing if you got all three you can't even i can't even fathom the the exponential rise of the mls just just from the publicity and the press and you know the the commercial revenue and we struck out on all three strike three you're out just ah i'm I'm pissed could have been amazing ronaldo in the mls would have been unreal well, just to have Ronaldo versus Messi in the MLS. Oh, oh insane. Unbelievable. Would have been unbelievable. And another another faint possibility that I've been holding out the slightest amount of hope, which now is never going to happen, but Cristiano Ronaldo Jr. was born in San Diego, which means he's, <laughs> he's eligible to play for the United States. And 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 when you know when you know he's probably what twelve now, but when he was nine, ten, and Ronaldo was talking about potentially finishing his career in the MLS, you know, I've had this hope, dude. Ronaldo's gonna come here, and and Ronaldo Junior is gonna grow up. He's gonna live his teenage years here, and he's gonna love it, and he's gonna be like, oh yeah, I'm playing for the U.S. And uh, that's uh, yeah, doesn't doesn't seem like that's gonna happen now, which is a uh, bit of a kick in the balls, but. I digress. I'll, I'll I'll end my little my little rant here. Uh, we tell we you won't have any hammer. time now to talk about the U.S. men's soccer uh, coaching. Oh, that's that's change. A, that's well, yeah. Well, that's insane. Insane story. I can't believe it. I can't. I just can't believe it that you would. That obviously, you know, the Reynas as it's coming out. G, poor Gio Reyna, who's trapped beneath it because of what his parents did. You know, they obviously not a good look for them. Lots of. Uh, U.S. alumni kind of speaking out against against them went full full care and full soccer mom mode and uh, it's gonna get it's gonna get messy. I'm hoping Bearhalter remains the coach and holds on to his job, but that remains to be seen. 
That's that's a rant for another time. We'll save that for next week when more info comes out. Sure, and we can now move on to the LGBTQIA plus player of the week, which I have a nominee. I think it goes to the gracious host I had in Savannah over the weekend for New Year's. Friend of a friend, we went to their house, beautiful home outside of Savannah. They we had steak, we had ribs, we had freaking. Uh, we ate like kings, a whole brunch with cinnamon rolls, pancakes, biscuits, all homemade. Like it was, it was nuts. It was like uh, maybe the best hosting I've ever experienced for a two day span, like above and beyond. And then Savannah was cool. We went to Black Rifle Coffee, and um, I got a espresso ginger beer, which is literally just a. Dr- a shot of espresso in a ginger beer it was fucking disgusting i took one sip and i like was like oh that that hurts my whole mouth and throat and not one particle of that tasted good i do not know why they sell it uh very disappointed i mean i had to try it but i should have done a review but i was already pretty pretty tipsy but uh uh, what do you have for lgbtqi plus player of the week yeah, tough one for a for a active NFL player, Carl Nassib, inactive for the third week in a row. But um, you know, just his presence on the team has has helped kind of inspire this run, and they and they clinched clinched the division, going to the playoffs. Got to give it to him, Carl Nassib, LGBTQIA plus playoff clinching player of the week. Got to give it to him. Let's move on to the meat and potatoes. It's the Greasy Gambling Picks. They had a rare, unfortunate one and two week here with the Saints being my lock. The Saints not only covered, but beat the Eagles outright. And then the Bears was a good pick, but unfortunately, (laughs) they did not show up at all. And then the Panthers completely fucked me uh, once again by going for a field goal when they drove down the entire length of the field to get a touchdown and cut it to a three-point lead, they decide to kick the field goal again with one minute left to try and get the onside kick to then have to get a touchdown from even further away than they already were. Uh, so Steve Wilkes, uh, he should not be a head coach uh, anymore. He did fine as an interim. He kept those guys knitted together and playing hard and playing as as a football team but fuck man you fucked me two weeks out of three here i'm done i'm done with you uh get the hell out of charlotte all right uh do you have any danny went three and oh and jimmy went oh and three again once steve again left the steve left the door open i told you i was gonna finish six and oh just to uh just to be able to catch steve as it stands Currently, our standings. Steve is. We're not going to talk about Jim. We're just, just. We're just going to talk about me and Steve here. Steve is twenty nine, twenty and two. Two pushes. I'm twenty eight and twenty three. So as it stands, with the pushes, I am. I am two games behind. So I have to go three and zero, oh, and he has to go zero oh and three for me to win outright. Or if I gain two games on him, obviously it's a tie. Well, with that being said, let me give you my three winners. I suppose. I'll start with my lock of the week, 
because I need to also gain, I need to get this and have Steve miss his in order to tie Steve on the, on the hashtag lock of the week. Uh, going to game that, an underrated game that I always love to watch, coming at you on Sunday, 2 p.m., which, why do they put this game on Sunday? They should put it Saturday. It'll be get more get more uh, views. But the FCS National Championship, and who else but North Dakota State? They're always in it. They're actually the underdog this year. North Dakota State, plus five and a half. I'm taking them. I don't know if they're going to win outright, but it's disrespectful for them to be that big of an underdog. They're going to keep it close against who? Their arch rival, South Dakota State. What would a FCS Championship game be? without NDSU versus SDSU. Just seems like this is always at least a, a deep playoff game. Always a great matchup. The regular season game, South Dakota State won by two points on the road, actually, a, a back-and-forth tough-fought game. Um, so I, I think, you know, North Dakota State, it's been a down year. They have a couple losses, but they get to the natty because they're obviously the, the giants that they are. They're going to compete in this game, keep it close. North Dakota State Bison plus five and a half, and then we're gonna go to the NFL for my final two. I do like the Dolphins minus two at home. We'll see who's playing quarterback, but I think regardless, uh, if you know if Bridgewater's out there, I, I like I like them to win this game despite Pittsburgh needing the Jets to win. I think Miami's the much better team, much more explosive weapons. Uh, and you know they they have the the giant collapse. It would be be rough for them to have the start that they did and then miss the playoffs. So I think they're going to come out motivated at home in front of all their home fans, who desperately want them to to get to the playoffs and break this slump they've been on. So I think Dolphins minus two is a, is a very good pick, even without Tua. And then my third one, going with another home favorite, Sunday night. The Green Bay Packers. I know this isn't a popular pick, not the not the result that I want, but the NFL kind of had a had a little mess up. They put this game on Sunday night, which usually they reserve for a for a direct play-in game where you know the winner gets to the playoffs. Detroit can actually be eliminated in the game before them if Seattle beats the Rams at home, which is the most likely result. So I think you might get a deflated Lions team who just finds out that they are eliminated from the playoffs, you know, just just prior to kickoff. So I like the Packers to cover. Aaron Rodgers, obviously I'm not gonna bet against him with a with a play in game. Uh Packers minus four and a half. We'll just we'll just give out Jimmy's picks at the end because they don't matter. But between me and you, uh I am I do not think the Dolphins minus two is a good bet because Teddy Bridgewater, if he does play, is not going to play well with a broken finger in his throwing hand. That is not gonna. That's not gonna work out well one week later, even if they uh, tape it up, tear, tore it all it up. Uh, it, the Jets' defense is still very good, and I think I think that they're all you know wanting to prove too that they can win football games still, like just as a defense. So I think it is a very elite defense going against an offense with quarterback trouble no matter what, uh, either broken hand Teddy or I don't even remember that guy's name, Skyler or something. Skyler Thompson. Yeah, all right, I got it. So so Jets minus two is my first regular pick. Second pick is the Rams plus six. I think uh, 
the Rams have been a roller coaster up, down, up, down. Last week was down. This week they'll be back up in a spot where no one's really counting on them to do anything. And obviously Seattle is playing for a lot uh, for the playoff spot. And the Rams are really just trying to make it out of this game alive uh, as in healthy. So it makes no sense. It makes no sense to bet on the Rams. And that's why I'm doing that. And a lot of sharp money is on the Rams plus six right now. So that makes even more not sense, which is what you want to do betting the NFL, in my opinion, which leads to my lock of the week. It's Saturday. It's Saturday evening. And the Raiders are keeping a close game with the Chiefs. This game is always close. It's the AFC West version of Raven Steelers, basically. The, the Raiders, no matter how shitty they are, they always seem to uh, keep it within <laughs> double-digit points. And they looked pretty good last week against a really good 49ers team. I know there's tape out on that kid now, but I'd imagine Josh McDaniels is smart enough to have like adjustments so that the tape isn't as meaningless. Like Usually, new quarterbacks, I think, have two to three games. Where the where the opposing team doesn't quite have an edge on their film study on him, so Raiders plus nine and a half just seems like it's a standalone game. Uh, seems like an appropriate thing to do, especially because Jimmy has the Kansas City Chiefs minus nine and a half as one of his picks. Easy, easy for me. Uh, I did not know he he picked that. Uh, when I did pick the Raiders, but I love it even more. I will also be putting Kansas City in in a bar, money line parlay, Kansas City and Georgia, uh, pretty much in every parlay I do. Okay, so Jimmy's picks here. He's got Kansas City minus nine and a half. That's a stinker. He's got the Cleveland Browns plus two and a half against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know about that one, Jim. Steelers are red hot. Uh, Browns. Uh, are definitely susceptible to having a poor offensive showing. I think the defense of the Steelers has really started clicking, especially with uh, Devin Bush taking a back seat to uh, Robinson, who is starting to come on as a very good run defender. And I, yeah, I, they're going to force Deshaun to scramble and throw, and hopefully he uh, he gets very brutally tackled. Jimmy's lock of the week is going on the side of Danny. It's the Packers minus four and a half. I understand that the Packers will probably win this game uh, because the NFL would love Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. It just, I knew it during the the Dolphins game. It's like, okay, the Packers are are going to the playoffs and probably going to win one or two playoff games at least. So, yes, Packers win. I don't think four and a half is a bet I'd be placing. I think the Lions are going to play their hearts out uh, like they have been all season. They don't. They never had any any hope. In they're playing with house money right now. Regardless, my point is the, the Lions are going to be playing full steam ahead. They're going to try to beat their divisional opponent, Green Bay Packers, who – they would love nothing more than to fuck over Aaron Rodgers' little hot streak here, being a little hot shit back back on his bullshit. 
So Lions are going to play hard no matter what. In fact, I think they'll be looser if they know they're not making the playoffs. I actually like it better if the uh, Seahawks win by five or less. And then I think the, the Lions have an even better chance to cover. But I do think Packers win the game. Do we want to discuss any uh, injuries at all to to cap the show here? I mean, Lamar should be back next week for the playoffs. Uh, I think they just knew that they were locked into the playoffs. They did not want to. I think Lamar did not yeah, want to. I, was say, I think more so him. But I think the Ravens they they have they're in no they're in no win territory because if they make him play and he doesn't want to play even if his knee's healthy which it might not fully be uh, then you're not getting Lamar at his best and you're going to create a rift there you're going to piss off the guy you still haven't come to a, made a contract with yet so Lamar really is holding all the chips here. I, that that's what's going on. I think his knee is perfectly fine. If he had to come out and play, they would, you know, I think that thing's ready to go, but who knows? Uh, it's going to be real, real interesting if Lamar sits out the playoff game, but I don't see that happening. What do you got? Anything on Lamar? Really not a whole lot else going on. Kyler had his surgery and uh, Kingsbury who, I doubt is even there next year, but basically confirmed what we said a few weeks ago when he got hurt, that he's probably going to miss the beginning of the season. Uh, I wouldn't even be surprised if he misses the entire season. So rough for the Cardinals, uh, just in a, in a bad situation. Early, 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 way too early prediction, but an ice pack for their for their whole team in uh, in fantasy drafts next year. They're in a bad spot. They're in a bad spot with the Broncos and the Jets, the worst spots. Oh, and then uh, another kind of big one is the center for the Cowboys. High ankle sprain could be out multiple weeks, as we know, with high ankle sprains. <laughs> you know, if it is Cowboys Bucks, that's that's a pretty big piece of your offensive line to go down basically two weeks before your first playoff game Cowboys I don't know they're always injury riddled and they always have a tough go in the playoffs here so that's another big piece of news to keep an eye on I I don't think they it matters for them win or lose against commanders here but I think they can definitely knock the commanders out of the playoff hunt and I still have I still have Washington under seven and a half wins so I I basically I've already bet on the Cowboys here in this game. And I'm not going to hedge because it's, it's a small one-unit thing. But, uh, yeah, so that's cool. I, I, I came down to the last week. I basically have a, a unit on the boys without their center. You got any other? We got uh, the other football. Christian Pulisic, after a strong World Cup, turned that into a string of starts for Chelsea and uh, goes off with a, a knee injury, it sounds like, early earlier today. Hoping it's not too serious. Looks like potentially some kind of MCL sprain, I'm, I, I would assume. It looked like it could be ankle or knee, but I'm, so they're saying knee, so I'm assuming MCL. Uh, hopefully not nothing too serious. Doesn't have to miss extended time, but uh, wouldn't, wouldn't expect him to be in the U.S. camp at the end of the month. Duke can't catch a break. Before I get on another soccer rant, we need to uh, end the show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> stay strong, Christian Pulisic. Captain America.
Rough, rough start to the year for U.S. soccer, for sure. Well, it's a good thing we got uh, basically four more years to figure it out, three and a half years to figure it out. I think that's it. That's a show. Pretty, We kept that pretty tight and neat. Happy New Year. I hope you made a good resolution. And if you don't have a resolution yet, here's one. Stay healthy, America.